you've still got the options there. But yeah, if you're if you're looking to send pallets, you're looking to send trailers, Netherlands to me is a really good option. Many Amazon sellers think business growth is the same as sales growth. But if you're smarter, you know e-commerce businesses are sold as a multiple of profits, not of sales. So if you want to build a sellable business, you need to grow profits. And to grow profits, you need to cut waste and increase profitable sales. Our new quick assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. Go to AmazonProfitQuiz.com. That's AmazonProfitQuiz.com to get your free instant diagnosis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers, particularly today, those who wish to sell from the UK into Europe and especially Germany. That's our focus today because that's the focus of many of our mastermind members and my friends who are selling or trying to sell into Europe once again. And we welcome back Jacob McQuoid from Avask, who are really tried and tested experts in the whole business of how to get goods into Europe. Jacob, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you very much again, Michael, for having me. Pleasure. So let's talk about Germany and how to go from UK to Germany. It's obviously one of those things where sometimes the indirect approach might be better. So do you, first of all, suggest that if we want to eventually sell in Germany, that we actually import into Germany? Or do you prefer to go via Holland or France? Or do you have other various hacks that people seem to have? What's your sort of approach? Yeah, it's obviously all dependent on an individual case. The difficulty with Germany and German customs is they can be quite particular. It's in a lot of cases. The, essentially, anyone who's imported before, imported like from China to the UK, they've imported to other countries. And generally speaking, people are importing under like cost insurance freight, which is generally what most people would have imported into, say, the UK prior to Brexit. German customs, they do for Amazon sellers and for stock transfer. So if we're talking about UK to the EU, in a lot of cases, that is just going to be a stock transfer because you've brought a whole load of stock to your warehouse from China. As an example, you then say, all right, I want to send 20% of that, but it's not worth me going direct from China because it's not quite a big enough amount. So I have to bring it to the UK and then I send it. And they will enforce what's called the deductive method when there isn't an official transaction in place, when you're just moving stock from UK to EU. So you're the exporter and you're the importer. So the deductive method is your retail price. So they likely want to see what you're selling the products for on Amazon, deducting VAT, which in Germany's standard rate is 19%, and then deducting Amazon commission, which is around, it's probably retail one is 30 or 40%. In some cases, it's not a massive issue, to be honest, Michael, because you might have a product that could be manufactured in the UK or it could have 0% duty. So your actual cost is not it's not affected too much. One thing that will be affected is cash flow because you have to, when you're importing to Germany, you're going to be paying import VAT. It's again at 19%. Now, if you're paying import VAT on 5,000 or 10,000, obviously it's going to be a different amount. So you're tying up more cash for more time. A lot of the imports that we do is direct through the Netherlands. So in a lot of cases, you've got routes, you've got a Phoenix state to Rotterdam. And then from Rotterdam, it can go on onto Amazon which or not just Amazon, it could go to another location in Germany, if you've got a warehouse, wherever it might be. And that's not too far. Like in a lot of cases, uh, going into Hamburg, it might not actually be too much of a difference in distance. And in the Netherlands, you've got a couple of options for clearance. So essentially, there, there are some, there's some good options. One, one's called limited fiscal representation, which is something that we offer at the moment. And essentially, when you're going to go through the Netherlands, and as long as they're going directly out, so in the case that I mentioned, you say Felix stays at Rotterdam, 
from Rotterdam then to a warehouse somewhere in Germany, then you're able to use this solution. And essentially, instead of needing your own BAT number in the Netherlands, which in general, and a lot of people know this, in general, when you're importing, you're going to need a VAT number and you're not going to need to pay import VAT. Now, through this solution, you essentially take advantage of the agent's VAT number, which in this case is ours. You take advantage of our VAT number and we defer that VAT. And then it's essentially not paid. So you just have to pay duty. So uh, that's a good cash flow implication. And also they'll accept cost price to the imports. We've had clients with different investigations for stock transfers through the Netherlands. Customs may want to inspect every now and again. And we've had uh, questions. We've had investigations on different uh, valuations. And as long as they've been able to prove, so this is how much I've paid my supplier, this is the information. That might be detailed information because they might want to see transfers of money because supplier invoices, they can be made up, obviously. But in most cases, they won't be, but they might actually want to see the money transferring. So do be prepared for that if you're going to go down that route. But it is better because obviously then you're doing it based on the cost price. You're not having to pay VAT. So that's a good cash flow option. And just generally Rotterdam port for road freight is quite good. It's quite quick. So yeah. Wow. So there's lots to take on board there, but I think that yeah. the, this is the, as we agreed and you're sticking to it, this episode is really for those who are a bit more advanced and used to the detail. And if you're not used to the detail, go listen to the first episode and calm down. You don't need to know all of this stuff because you can phone a Vask and get Jacob to sort it out for you or the entire team, of course. But yeah. I like your, your thinking about this because I think the, so just to be clear, my understanding, just reflecting back in simple words, is that you're going to get charged deep duty on the cost of shipping something, the cost of manufacturing plus a bit of insurance, which is normally not very much. Whereas what you were saying in Germany is that you're basically getting charged duty on the selling price minus VAT and other things. So in other words, yeah. you might have, what, twice the duty, three times the duty that you would have I'm coming to the UK? Yeah. Yeah. However, it does depend on the duty rate. As you say, the percentage might be zero or might be two or three percent. So yeah, so not to put it out of proportion, but nevertheless worth avoiding. And above all, the simplicity of limited fiscal representation. Just, uh, just to add before, yeah, before we move on, obviously I'm talking in general here. For some people, the option that I mentioned won't be possible because it's not a case of, right, I want to send like with DHL and I'm going to tell DHL to go through the Netherlands and then go on Germany because they're, they're just, is there a courier? They're going to go into their system and it's going to go via their system, their network. I'm talking more like pallets, like LTL, FTL, which is less than trailer load, full trailer loads. But for people who are just starting out then yeah, you might want to look at just direct to Germany consider the costs, see what the duty rate might be. If you've got a high duty rate, then you might want to think about another option because it's actually going to cost you a lot more. Potentially look into France because again, France don't enforce that. So yeah, you've got the options there. But yeah, if you're, if you're looking to send pallets, you're looking to send trailers, Netherlands to me is a really good option. Great. So you mentioned France. Now I've heard mixed things from the Mastermind members, so all of whom doing significant numbers overall. Some of them do bigger numbers in europe or attempting to get back to it are people lots of people had a million pounds a year or more euros a year in europe pre-brexit post-brexit nobody's yeah. quite got back to those levels yet but assuming that you are interested in france directly i've heard that they're similar to germany sometimes and a bit more like the netherlands at other times so what's your what's the latest state of play and how difficult they make it and the hoops you've got to jump through if you want to go to france yeah so france is a little bit of a difficult one because the information isn't always consistent and that i don't necessarily mean the actual information or just the way thing people are doing things so like you can go with it's like one courier so one courier company they might don't think themselves but it might get stuck at customs because you don't have a local entity another courier company it might just go through customs and even the same with like freight forwarders some freight forwarders would clear for non 
not EU entities, some won't. And essentially, it, so this is coming back to the old episode that, and the last episode, some information. Within, there's two ways you can be an indirect representative. So one is by appointing a third party uh, within the declaration. So there's someone submitting the declaration who isn't the indirect representative, and they appoint a third party. Or the other option is it's just the person who's doing the declaration. In France, you only have that option. It's just the person doing the declaration who is the indirect representative. And essentially, it's their responsibility to make sure they are doing it in the correct way. And some people, for some people don't, some people will just still clear it. They'll still clear it as a direct representative. It's not like customs are going through every single import looking, is this box right? Is this box right? Is this box right? It's up to the agent. So it's, I know you, you mentioned mixed reviews and that's completely right. It's because not everyone is doing the same thing. So you will have one company who is sending with X courier and everything's going smoothly. And you will have another company sending the same products who nothing's going smoothly at all. Everything's getting stopped and it's just a bit of a nightmare. It's, it's not an answer I like to give because it's not like a straight information, but it might be worth testing different avenues, different people, different couriers. Okay. And is there, if you do want to sell in France, which is a slightly different thing, but obviously after Germany, the, by far the biggest market in Europe, is there a sort of workaround using the Netherlands again, or is that not really going to help you in that case? It, yeah, it is, there is a workaround. You can do the same thing through the Netherlands. Like in any case, you can, if you're sending pallets and sending like a truckload, you can go through the Netherlands and then to France. The one thing that I would say in this case is you're going to have higher transport costs because going up to the Netherlands and then down to France, it's going to be more expensive because it's more distance, it's more distance. You're going to get charged based on the distance of them taking the product. So whichever freight forwarder you're using, likely going to charge you more for that route. So again, these are all things to consider. It's like whether you want to deal with the headaches of going direct or whether you want to find someone else who doesn't give you any other headaches or if you want to look at the Netherlands options, but it's slightly more expensive. There's all these like different avenues that you can explore. But one thing to say is there is success out there. There's lots of people having success. So there is ways of doing it. Yeah, interesting. And is that the sort of stuff that you can advise on if somebody's wanting to ship a certain amount of stuff to France, you'd be able to lay out those options or would you always do things in a certain sort of correct way? Yeah, so we can help in terms of imports with Germany, France and the Netherlands. Those are the two, three main EU countries where if you were to talk to me, those are the countries where I can help you with importing, which really are the three probably the countries you want to import to because to the largest market and the Netherlands got a really good port but there's no entry to Europe. So those are the countries where we can help you with and a conversation with me, we can discuss how we can help and where we can help and where we can sit in. And even if we can't sit in, where I would put you in the right direction to go to. Great. Now, are there, other, were there any other things we've talked about EPR, the Extended Producer Responsibility, which is now kicking in? Do we have to register for that based in the UK or in, indeed anyone else? And if so, what's the sort of process for that? Yeah, so EPR, Extended Producer Responsibility, as I mentioned in, in the last recording we did, it's an environmental policy, essentially, it's now coming into play. And it's been in play for a while, but the way it's affecting people is changing. Like online marketplaces have more responsibility now to ensure that people are compliant with EPR. So you will need to register. So Germany and France are the two places where you need to register to EPR. And those are the two places where at the moment you have to pay the contributions for the waste that you put onto the market. Now... There's three categories in Germany, which is packaging, which is like the packaging you put on the products, so plastic, cardboard, etc. There's also batteries, waste electronic and electrical items. In France, you've got the same three categories, plus another 13 more, which I'm not going to go into, into detail in, but they're more like 
individual things like furniture, textiles, that kind of thing. If you sell those products, then you, yeah, you do need to register. In some categories, there is like thresholds. So again, this is something that we can assist with. Have a conversation with us. We'll be able to say, you sell these products, these are the categories you need to register in for Germany. These are the categories you need to register in for France. Wow. So it does look like a fiddly compliance thing, particularly in France. And that's not untypical. Like overall, French tend to be a bit complex and quite protectionist, but not consistent. So that's consistent French behavior. And the Germans are consistent and follow the letter of the EU law. So I guess some things don't change <laughs> by, <laughs> by the looks of it. Oh, other than that, so we've got to be VAT registered, obviously. We need yeah. an indirect representative. We need EPR. Are there any other things that we need to have in place in order to get selling in Germany or France if we want to? Yes, yeah, you might need a responsible person. So a responsible person is essentially someone is product compliance related. So you might have a warehouse in the EU that might offer this service. And essentially they would have the paperwork from you, make sure you've got all the paperwork correct for your product. Um, so different products have different levels of compliance. So you get very simple products, which are going to go through much compliance and you get more complicated products where it is obviously a digestible or something like that, which have to go through higher levels of compliance because of obvious reasons. And essentially they'll keep the paperwork. They might keep sample products depending on what the product is. And then if trading standards ever wanted to visit and local trading standards in whichever country, then they would visit, they would check the products out, they would check the information and make sure this, you are compliant, basically. Great. So we've got VAT registration, EPR, indirect representative for import-export, a responsible person, Yeah, anything else on the list? In terms of like compliance-wise, that should really cover it. Obviously, more like individual products might require like licenses, those kind of things. For example, like an organic product, you need to get organic certificates. You need to get like an EU organic certificate because anyone can say a product's organic and they've got to actually prove that it is organic and you have to prove in the EU that you're selling organic products. Also other things like excise licenses for alcohol, as an example. So general sense, those are the things people need compliance-wise. Certain products might fall into other categories and other things might be required depending on what it is. But as a general, that should cover most people. Right. That's good to know. But equally, it's good to, to educate ourselves and to realize that it's a finite number of battles that we have to fight. But equally, getting yeah. an intelligent expert to look at it and make sure we don't miss something like you jump through all the other hoops and then you can't sell your organic hemp plants because you haven't got the license would be a bit of a tragedy. So in the end, I guess we've got to employ experts. And by the way, that's pretty much everyone I know does this. I don't think anyone does this DIY, not more than once. Anyway, I've seen somebody try and do it DIY and it was just horrific. So don't do that is my advice. If people want to check out what you guys do and work with you, what do you help? So yeah, in terms of what we can do, so we can cover all of the things I've mentioned, all those compliance aspects. We can help you with all of that. If it's something that we can't help with, it's something to like particular or it's not within our remit of services, then we can put you in the right direction. But as a general, what a vast offer is like accountancy services. So if you're looking to incorporate a business, whether that's UK, US, some of you countries, customs, import and export in the UK and the EU, the countries I've mentioned before, EPR, so making sure you're compliant with EPR, you've got the registrations you need to be able to sell online. As I mentioned at the moment, it's Germany or France where you're affected, but it's likely going to be more countries. There is some provisional time frames for Spain, Italy, the UK, et cetera. Exactly how that will work is not really that clear yet, but we will keep on top of the legislation. And if it's something that you need to register for, be sure we'll be able to register you for person as well. So yeah, anything kind of compliance-based we can help and will help people expand, make sure they've got what they need to expand. Great. That's very helpful. One-stop shop. And I have to say that having a one-stop shop, we've talked about this before, that having millions of providers who've got to coordinate with each other is just a nightmare when you don't know 
and you don't understand it yourself. And so I would yeah. just say, yeah, a one-stop shop is important for this stuff. So a couple of final things. If you want to read about this stuff, I know you've got a blog article on more than that, like an Uber blog article about importing, exporting customs, the whole business. Then if you go to amazingfba.com forward slash export, you can read up all about that. And I think it's very important to keep yourself informed if you're even going to attempt to do this. Amazingfba.com forward slash export. And then finally, Jacob, I'm going to fill your calendar up. If anyone wants to book an appointment with you yeah. personally, amazingfba.com forward slash Jacob. That's J-A-C-O-B. Amazingfba.com forward slash Jacob. If you want to book in with the man himself who's just been guiding us through the rapids here. So really helpful, very detailed. I like I like the attention to detail because it's so critical in this area, isn't it? Any yeah, other things that I should have asked you or that you feel that we should know about this? Area? Um, I think there's one thing that we have forgot to mention and it's about the... So this is not necessarily about what you need, but some good news and potentially for any kind of UK sellers who might be listening, there is a promotion being run by Amazon for transport from UK to EU and from to UK, Germany specifically. And it's something that we are working with Amazon on at the moment. It's Avask and Amazon Transport Service. Avask are doing the brokerage and Amazon are doing the transport via Amazon Transport Service. It's a really good promotion. It saves a lot of money in a lot of places because it's subsidized. It's, it is a, it's like an invite promotion, but if you're a UK-based seller, you're, you're selling in the EU, you're looking to sell in the EU, there's potential that you could be eligible for that promotion. So I know Mark was given my calendar. If you're interested, you want to learn more, do we can call me. We can have a 15 minute discussion, discuss whether it's going to work for your business. If not, what avenue, other avenues we can look at to, to get you selling and get you expanding. Sounds very good. And is that invitation by Amazon or do you can you guys invite somebody if it's appropriate? So the invitation is by Amazon, but we can submit requests. So I can't guarantee that you will be eligible based on that request, but there's no harm in trying. Yeah, that sounds like an extremely good option, right? Because first of all, Amazon is very good at logistics it'll be cheaper but then also it's coordination between the people you're trying to get to receive your goods and send them probably depending yeah. where your goods are going from so that yeah that, that implies fewer screw-ups which is always good isn't it <laughs> when you're exporting okay great that's really very good news thank you so much for sharing that so it just remains for me to say thank you so much i think the only thing i would say is that it's worthwhile. I've seen my clients rebuild some of their revenues in Germany particularly. And I think it's really important if you sell in the UK to consider Germany because you're just cutting yourself off from probably potentially doubling your sales depending on the product and how it works. And I think that these are hoops to jump through. It's a pain, but two things that strike me, three things actually. Number one, you do it once and it's basically done. Number two, it's a barrier to your competition as well. And number three, you've got friendly people at Avask who can take care of most of it anyway. So just pay your money, get it done and then go and make the money. Jacob, been good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Good to talk to finally an Avask person I've heard so many good things about from my members. Just remains for me to say uh, to anyone listening, go and talk to Avask. Don't do DIY this, don't suffer on silence. And to Jacob, many thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.